Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I'm really excited about this series that we're doing, and, I, and I'm excited about today's service as well. Did you come expecting to receive today? Yes. Did you? No, wait, wait. Did you really come expecting to receive today? Yes. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Let's recite our mission statement. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So that's the target, that we grow in that, and that this personal relationship with Christ will empower us and encourage us and strengthen us for the days ahead and for the tasks that are before us. And the goal or the results is that we are changed, we are impacted, and uh, we change the world around us. So let's restart our, our uh, vision statement. It's to make disciples who will impact the world with the love of Christ. So are you doing that? Did you do that last week? Did you have an impact sharing the love of Christ? No? Yes? Maybe? It's kind of, sort of, a little bit? Okay. All right. Today I'm going to be talking about results of giving. So through this series we've talked about the first uh, week we talked about fasting because we, we started the 21-day the fast. Then we talked about giving of our time. Then we talked about giving of our talents. And then last week I talked about giving of our treasure. And uh, today I want to talk about results of giving. What are the results of giving? We know that when we give, we are blessed. And I know we've all done things where we've done something nice for someone or given with no expectation of anything in return, but just because maybe the Lord has prompted us or maybe we just wanted to do something nice for someone. And, and the, the old saying that you can't outgive God is really true. And I've found that, and, and many of you know that as well. But the results of, of giving are that we are blessed, but also others are blessed as well. And then uh, additionally, maybe most importantly, that it's a reflection of God's heart. So it pleases the Lord when we example and demonstrate His heart in giving to others. And again, we don't, you know, there's this whole prosperity message that, that's popular today that give so you can get. And that's based and rooted in selfishness. And we don't serve a God that demonstrates selfishness, nor wants us to be selfish. He wants us to reflect his heart of gracious giving. And uh, we just, you know, had a little bit of a demonstration already this morning in celebrating um, communion and, re and remembering what Christ has done for us, giving all that he had, becoming the final sacrifice to pay for every one of our sins, not just our sins, but the people that haven't come to the reality or understanding that Christ died for them as well. And they can walk in the liberty and freedom and victory of life that Christ came to give. Now, when I talk about victory in life, I'm not talking about we never have any challenges or struggles. But I'm talking about we are empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit to navigate through those challenges and live the life, the, the abundant life that Jesus came to give. So my first point this morning, results of giving. Giving breaks our fear and poverty mentality. 
and we are blessed. Do you, do, you know, do you know that a lot of people live in fear? Do you know a lot of people have a poverty mentality? And they think, they think that, well, God only has so much, or I only have so much, not understanding that He provides it all. We are basically born selfish people. The, the Word says that we're born in sin, we're conceived in sin. And when we go back, that all started in the, in the garden with Adam and Eve. When they chose to disobey, so sin entered into all of humanity at that point in time. So we're all born in sin. We're all conceived in sin. We're all born selfish. Think about a baby. They cry to be fed, to be changed, to be held, to be nurtured. Sometimes us men cry. We need a little hug from our wife. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, you know, think about it. So, you know, we're basically born selfish. And so from, even from the, the day that we're born, our focus is on what? Ourself as a child. And our relationship with God should begin a change in our heart. So this is where it begins, where God begins to transform our life, and he begins to change us and help us grow. And when we understand that God owns it all, that should take some pressure off of us because we just come to the Father. As, as, as a child, you would come to your father, a good father, and say, Dad, uh, I'm, I'm in need of this, or, or even bring our wants. And what I've found is that our Heavenly Father provides all of our needs, and most of our wants, too. So he gives us the opportunity to watch over and manage the things that he gives us. It's called stewardship. We don't actually own our children. They belong to him. We don't actually own all these things because one day we will die and go to heaven, hopefully, if you have a relationship with Christ. And someone else will take stewardship of the items that you have. So when we understand that we are just managers, that, uh, that he is providing all of our resources, everything that we have to watch over and take care of. He has unlimited resources. So, I mean, have you ever thought, well, maybe heaven's going broke? <laughs> you know, I, I, I could use some, some money today, but I, I don't know what the bank account in heaven is like. You know, maybe God, you know, God has it all. And it's not like he can, he only has limited amounts that he can give and, uh, and, and overspends like our government does, right? They just keep on spending, or maybe some of us have done. But he, his resources are unlimited, and when we understand that he owns it all, and he wants to abundantly bless us so that we can, what, be a blessing to other people, because we can't bless something, we can't bless people if we don't have something to bless them with. And so when we understand that God wants to give us everything that we need to fulfill his calling and purpose in our life and to be the light and to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God and that we are just a conduit or a vessel that he's pouring through, it should change the way that we think and it should help us to understand that he's just blessing us and he's pouring through us. Uh, I, I think there's a show on called Hoarders right now. I haven't seen it, but I can imagine what that's like. Do you know people that uh, have hoarded stuff? Or maybe you've seen some of those programs where people live in a house and, and there's so much stuff 
in their house, they can't even walk through the, the room, and they have these little pathways that they have to get through. And that's, that's a classic, I think, example of this selfish mentality, this, this mentality of a poverty mentality. Because if I don't have all this stuff, you know, then I may not be able to get it back. And so we tend to hang on to stuff that maybe God wants us to release and let go of because maybe he wants to give us something new, something fresh. We sang about it this morning. I love that song, New Wine. Do you guys like that song? I love that song. But you know what? The word says that God can't put new wine in an old wineskin because it will burst. So we have to be flexible and allow the Lord to prepare us to receive the new wine and walk in the freedom and the newness, the freshness of life. God didn't create us to be like a, a piece of old stale bread that's six months old, it's hard and crusty. But he wants us to be vibrant and alive and yielding to him and allowing him to do something dynamic and fresh and new in our lives, not the same old thing every day, every week, every year, every decade. Let's look at Luke 6.38, the first part of that. Give, and you will what? Receive. Let's think about that for a moment. That seems counterintuitive. I think it does. Uh, give, and you will receive. We want to hold things close. Oh, this is mine. I'm not going to give because this is mine. And consider the word says give, and you will receive. I think if it were reversed, I think we would like it better. We will receive and then we'll give. But we know that it's impossible to please God without faith. And so this is part of the, the faith exercise that we go through where we give and then we receive. And so I think many of us think, well, I'll receive and then I'll give. Or I may not. I may just keep it all. But when we understand that God says give and I'm going to give you more, give and you will receive. Let's look at all of verse 38 here in Luke 6. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for what? For more, running over and poured into your lap. So this is a biblical truth that Jesus taught that runs counterculture to a lot of our thinking. And that's why I love Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we need to get rid of some of that thinking. And uh, God's word is many times opposite of what we think naturally. And so that's why we need this supernatural transformation through the Holy Spirit to change the way that we think, to come into alignment with His purpose and His plan and what He says and how we can live the abundant life. All right, I want to do a demonstration here. And so uh, a bag of potato chips, right? This is your average bag of potato chips, correct? And uh, uh, this is not really related to the message, but I've always wondered, what do they put in these bags? Because I'm thinking if it's air, if it's got moisture, the chips wouldn't stay fresh. And so I've always, uh, working in the lab, I always wanted to take a syringe and poke it in there and suck some gas out and analyze it. I never did. But I went online, and what they, what they said was that they put nitrogen in here, 
and so it keeps the uh, the chips fresh and uh and 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 then secondarily uh have you ever wondered why they're half empty <laughs> i have i'm like come on mr lay you're you're ripping us off here but the other purpose or what they said the other purpose was is that if if this was just full of chips, they would probably all be smashed up because the, the nitrogen in here creates like a buffer or a, a cushion so that the chips don't get all smashed up. Uh, the, the third thing that has nothing really to do with this message this morning, how many chips do you think are in a bag? <laughs> Two. Oh, God. Well, those are big chips. <laughs> Uh, uh, what what are some other, what do you think some other, eight eighteen twenty eight okay I, I think I came up with a number one one chip I came up with a number seventeen and a half I don't know let's see let's see how many are in here oh they're kind of broken up okay so there's a half there's one well I don't think this is going to work like I thought it was going to work because they're kind of broken up here so let let's let's just forego that part of the experiment okay so give and you will receive press down shaken together running over well let's let's see how many we can get in here I have 50 of them I don't think we're gonna get 50 in this bag but I don't know okay so here's a second bag well, it's actually filling up faster than I thought. Okay. Well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay, so press down, shaking together. Okay, so now it's about, you know, seven-eighths full, three-quarters full, something like that. Let's see if we can get another bag in here. Anybody want some chips? Whoops. <laughs> okay, here's here's three bags. Almost three bags. Press down, shaken together, running over. Okay, so let's just do this. Okay, wow. Okay, we have a little more room now. Who wants some smashed up chips? Okay, let's let's add another bag here. Yeah, I could do that too. Okay, so there's more. I'm making a mess on the table, Carol. I'm sorry. Yeah, special ops are gonna. Special ops are gonna get to clean some stuff up. All right. So we we have five bags here so far, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think you get the point here, right? Well, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I think I think if I 
I think if I added a few more bags, I think we could get to the running over part. The point that I'm trying to make is that, that God's word says that when we give, he blesses back. We receive. And so I could try to put all of these 50 bags of chips in here, and they would be running over. And that's what I'm talking about, the blessings of God. It doesn't really have to do with the chips. It has to do with our heart. What is our heart? toward the Lord. Let's look at, let's look at uh, Luke 6.38 again. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And so like when it comes to tithing, I talked about giving of our, our tithe last week. You know, people have said, well, do I tithe on the net or do I tithe on the gross? I always say tithe on the gross. I mean, we're tithing on everything that the Lord has given to us. The first 10% of our increase belongs to the Lord. So we're, we're paying taxes, right? I mean, that's coming out without even, you know, uh, without us giving anything. So why would I give God less? I'm not going to give God less because the government is taking out of my check. I'm going to return to him what belongs to him first because i know and many of you know this too that the lord reciprocates and expands in response to what we give so let me put it this way if we're uh selfish and chinchy we're going to give a little bit but if we're gracious and giving and reflecting the heart of god we're going to give abundantly and what does he say he's going to reciprocate Again, it's about the heart. It's not about how much. It's about what is our heart? Is our heart to give to him, to return to him? So we, we've been talking about this series, God first. When we keep God first, when we, when we give to him our first and our best, our time, our talents, our treasure. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about our time, our talents, and our treasure then he promises to reciprocate. So that could be time. It could be talents. What I found is that in my own life, as I give to God, as I give of my time and my talents, God has a way of making that up. You may think, well, I, I need to get up and, and get to work, but what if I spend some time in prayer this morning? What if I spend some time reading this devotional and actually spending time with him? And what I find is that, that my day goes a lot better, one, and usually I get more done than if I would have skipped that 10 or 15, 20 minutes. God has a way of supernaturally making up for what we give. And what I find, too, is that generous, generous Christians generally become even more generous. Again, it's not give to get, but they understand this principle, and they see God working in their lives and, and it's not just uh, what they get back from God, but it's the joy of giving. Yeah. It's the heart transformation that happens, that changes our life. And many Christians, uh, when, when we give, we're reflecting the heart of God. And there's something that happens as we come into alignment with his purpose and plan, and uh, we begin to exhibit and demonstrate the character of God in our life, there's something that happens in our life that's supernatural. Not only is it a, a joy to give, I mean, you know what it's like to give to somebody that's unex, uh, unexpected and you see the joy, and how does that make you feel? It makes you feel good. But also, it's, it's, uh, 
we understand that we're grateful to be blessed to be a blessing. So what is Jesus talking about here in the scripture? Give and you will receive. Is he talking about potato chips? Is he talking about money? Let's look. Let's back up to verse 37. Now, I know that many times this, the, the team loves this when I do this. I, talk, I say, let's go to verse 37, then I stop and I back up. So I always throw them off like that. Sorry, guys. Uh, they're doing a great job back there, though. Amen. <clears throat> um, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, well, let's just go on to verse 37. It's already up there anyway. Okay. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. Uh, back up. Back <laughs> I've heard many people use the scripture, this text, for giving of money. But let's look at verse 37. Let's look at what he's talking about here. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. So he's not talking about money here, even though many times the scripture is used in talking about giving money. It will be pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured back into your lap. But right here he's talking about uh, you know, not judging others. And he's talking about not condemning others. Okay, let's read on. Now, let's stop here for a second. All right. Uh, how many times have we judged others without knowing the whole story? How many times have others judged you without knowing the whole story? Uh, there's a, there was a, an author. Um, I forget when he lived. I think like 100 years ago. His name was Watchman Nee, and he was a Christian. And he wrote some pretty deep theological and spiritual books. I don't know if you've ever heard of Watchman Nee. But uh, <clears throat> one day the people from the church, some people from the church came and said, uh, we, we heard that uh, there's a woman living with you. He said, yeah, that's right. And they kicked him out of the church. What they didn't know was that it was his mother that he was taking care of. So we need to be careful. The Bible says, but for the grace of God go I. So we need to be careful when we're judging people. And when, when people are doing things that are ungodly that we know are against the word of God, we should be praying for them, that they get saved and, and uh, that God do a work in their hearts and their lives. So anyway... Uh, He's saying here, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back to you. And then let's read on in 37. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. I'll forgive them when they forgive me. <laughs> that's not what it says. I know that's what we wanted to say, but that's not what it says. It says forgive others and you will be forgiven. Lest you be reminded of the things that you need to be forgiven of. Do we really need to go there? Remember that time? Remember what you said? Remember what you did? You know, the thing is, we want God to get them, but we want grace for us. When we do the exact same thing, get them, God! Oh, oh God, I did the same thing. Lord, have grace, have mercy on me. What characteristics are we representing? Are we representing the, the character and the love of God? toward others like we want so how quickly do you choose to forgive others you know that harboring unforgiveness hurts us because that other person may not even know that we have an offense against them 
And they may just be going along, hey, what's up? And we're like, oh, seething inside. We want to hit them. We want to key their car when they drive by or something. <laughs> I know you guys wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, but you know, you know what I'm saying? That, that thing rises up within us. And they're like, what's up? And you're like, oh, I want to choke you. I want to hit you. But you know what? That leads to bitterness. We need to forgive so that we're forgiven. Forgive. And, and, and let me be clear. Forgiveness doesn't mean, oh, okay, they hurt me. It's okay. It's all right. No, it doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that we give it to God and we say, you know what, God, help me to forgive them. You know what, I don't know what they were going through, and it doesn't matter. I'm choosing, I'm making a conscious decision and choice to forgive. Because that's something that we all have the power and authority to do. We can choose not to forgive someone, or we can say, you know what, I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to make a choice to forgive them. And walk in the liberty and freedom because the Bible refers to us as sheep and sheep are not pack animals. A donkey and an ox and some of those animals are pack animals. They're designed to carry stuff. But we were never designed to carry guilt and shame and, and, and the things that will weigh us down to destroy people's lives. So do you realize how much you've been forgiven? I want you to close your eyes for a moment. <clears throat> And I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I ever done anyone wrong? Okay, I know what the answer is. Yes. Okay. But what is God showing you about that situation? Have you grown? Are you growing? Would you handle things differently? Okay, you can open your eyes. I don't want you to go to sleep. Verse 37, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. And then, and then Jesus says this, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And so this is a biblical truth here that we need to understand. When we give, God takes our gifts, whatever that may be, and he reciprocates. Uh, that could be our time, our talents, our treasure. It could be blessings from the Lord that, that God gives uh, to us. It could be forgiveness. It could be love. It could be a, a myriad of different things. And so as we give, God replenishes. It goes out, and then it's multiplied, and it comes back to us. It's an it's amazing thing how God does that. And again, please understand, this is not a prosperity message, give to get. This is give to reflect God's heart and allow him to change us from the inside out. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> my first point, <clears throat> giving breaks our fear and poverty mentality, and we are blessed. My second point is giving blesses others. Let's go to Matthew 14, 13, and 14. That. So Jesus learns of the beheading of John the Baptist, his cousin. 
Matthew 14, 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. So Jesus hears about the death of his cousin, John the Baptist, and he gets in a boat, and he wants to go someplace to be alone. Let's read on. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed him on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd and he, as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. I think Jesus just really wanted to be alone. I mean, that's what we just read, right? He got in a boat to go to a location, a remote location, to be alone. But I think this is a great example of, of Jesus having the heart and compassion and love of God that he saw uh, this opportunity for, for him to, to make an impact. And, you know, we, we know that Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father saying, and I only do what I see my father doing. In fact, let's go to John twelve fifty, And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever, whatever the Father tells me to say. Jesus is saying whatever the Father tells him to say. Are we saying what the Father tells us to say, or are we saying something different? Are we responding out of our emotions or our anger, or maybe even out of good intentions, but not saying what the Father wants us to say? And that's why it's so important that we have this connection, this intimate relationship with, with the Lord where we're hearing the Holy Spirit speak to us and saying what the Father tells us to say, what the Holy Spirit tells us to say. So spending time with the Lord gives us direction on what to say, how to say it, and what to do. Let's look at uh, John five nineteen. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself, he only does, he does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So think, think of your life. Think of your daily routine. Think of what, what happened last week or the things that are, are going to be happening this upcoming week. Are you going to be connected to the, the Father through the Holy Spirit and doing what he's asked you to do and saying what he's asking you to say. Let's go back to Matthew 14, verse 14 through 21. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So this is the heart of God. This is the heart of Jesus. Compassion. Desire to heal them. Desire to meet their needs. Even when it would appear that he wanted to go and just have some downtime and spend some time with the Father and reflect a little bit. God opened up an opportunity here for Jesus to heal the sick, and he had compassion because why? He didn't just get compassion when he stepped off a boat. It was within him. It was in the, the character of God in Jesus, and we can demonstrate the same character of God in our lives, but we see that, that it wasn't always convenient for Jesus, right? It's not always convenient for us, but are we willing to yield and allow him to work through our lives? So my first point is giving breaks our fear mentality and poverty mentality, and we are blessed. Giving blesses others. My third point this morning is the Lord provides it all, the blessings for us and for others. The Lord is providing it all. And let's look at verse 15. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, 
this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. That's a reasonable suggestion, right? Because we know that there were 5,000 men. There were probably 15, maybe 20,000 people there. Because you consider 5,000 men, and, and probably most of those guys had a wife, and then they had uh, some children, maybe, and, uh, and some teenagers who will eat you out of house and home, right? So they're saying, okay, let's send them away so they can go get some food. That's a reasonable request. And Jesus does and says what the Father shows him. And here's a great, great teaching moment for them and for us as well. But Jesus said to them, that isn't necessary that you send them away. You feed them. What? 15,000 people? Are you kidding me? How much money you got? I got $47.26. What do you have? Well, I just spent all my money. I had lunch before breakfast before we came. I've got like $5. What do you have? Well, I've got $18.16, but I have a, a buy one, get one free uh, coupon. Well, I wonder if we can use that like 7,500 times, buy one, get one free you know, so these guys, they don't know what to do. Jesus is saying, you feed them. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, uh, well, they, they replied, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered. Jesus said, bring them here. He said, bring me those things. And he told the people to sit down on the grass. He didn't want ma mass chaos, right? God's a God of order. So he says, have everybody sit down on the grass. And then Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Five loaves and two fish. Verse 19 continues. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the people. Who did he give the bread to? What did he tell them? He said, you feed them. You give them something to eat. He gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. So here's, here's the thing that we need to catch. Jesus blessed the food. Then the disciples began to distribute the food. And God supernaturally multiplied it. Do you see how this works? God provides it all. And he wants to pour through our lives, but he's the one that brings the increase. Verse 20, they all ate as much as they wanted. All the teenagers were even full. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Five loaves, two fish. Pressed down, shaken together, running over in abundance. Only God can do those kinds of things. But we have the opportunity. What did we read last week where God says, test me in this? Bring all your tithes into the, into the storehouse and see that you will not be abundantly blessed. I'll open what? The windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much you can't contain it. And here he's saying, give, and I'm going to reciprocate. Please, please, please understand. This is not a prosperity message. Give to get. But it's to give, to reflect the heart of God. And he's such a gracious, giving, loving father. He's like, man, I can trust this, this person. I can trust these guys. I'm going to give them more. I'm going to give them more. I'm going to give them more. And then we read a, a couple of weeks back about the, the master that gave the talents. And what did he say to the, the servant that had five talents and the one that had two that doubled? He said, I will give you 
not more silver, I will give you more responsibility. And if we can't handle the little bit that he's giving us, he's not going to give us more until we demonstrate that we can be good stewards and handle what he's given us. And uh, verse 21, about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So here are the results of giving. Giving breaks our fear and poverty mentality, and we are blessed. Giving blesses others. The Lord provides it all, and when blessed, he multiplies it for us and for others. Because it's not just about us. Did the disciples have enough to eat? Apparently. If they didn't, they had 12 baskets to eat on the way home. <laughs> I want to share a, a testimony. Uh, I think this is so incredibly cool. If you weren't here uh, last week, can, can you show on the screen how, how they can find our sermons online? Can you go skip ahead to that slide? Uh, that's not really it. There we go. Listen, if, if you miss a sermon, I want you to go back and you can podcast it. You can watch it live. If you're not here, you can click on the edited version, the live version. If you want to skip past the praise and worship or you want to enjoy that. What, I mean, we have so many options here. We have a YouTube channel. There's no reason if you miss on Sunday, you can't go back and watch. There's just no reason. Uh, you can podcast if, you, if you're exercising and you just want to hear the audio. But if you missed last week, I really want you to go back. If, if Life Fellowship's your home church, I want you to go back and watch or listen to that sermon. But what happened last week <clears throat> was uh, early in the week, on, say, Tuesday, not last week, the week before, okay? Last week, I was preparing for today. So we're in a new week, so I don't want to be too confusing here. But before last Sunday, early in the week, I was preparing for the message, and uh, I had this idea I love it when the Lord, when I'm preparing for a message and the Lord gives me these ideas and these things to consider or maybe uh, demonstrate or whatever. And so I had this idea that I was, I was talking about returning the first uh, of 10% of our increase back to the Lord. And so I had this idea that I would have a $100 bill in this hand and a $10 bill in this hand. Do you remember that from last week? And, uh, and what I talked about was that many of us, well, I read some statistics that say that 75 to 90% of Christians, of Christians do not tithe. And what is the reason for that? Well, I think it's partly a fear or poverty mentality. No, I've got this. I've got to hang on to it. But when we understand that when we return what belongs to the Lord, he opens the windows of heaven. So I'm not going to go back over that whole teaching, but... But what I talked about was I had a $100 bill in this hand and a $10 bill in this hand. And what I think a lot of Christians do, and the reason they don't tithe, is they'll take the $100. But the $10, they're like, oh, I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to return this to the Lord, but I want to keep it. Or the other mentality could be, you know what, God, thank you for this $100. Out of obedience to your word, and out of my love and appreciation for you, I am gladly returning this 10%. And then, so I was thinking about that demonstration. I was thinking there, there ought to be more. And I love this when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to give money. I love to give money. I love it. Or, or, or whatever that looks like. When the, when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go give somebody $100. I, I'm telling you this not to 
brag at all, but I just love to give, and many of you are like that too. There's such joy in doing that. Now, I don't just do it without direction from the Lord because, you know, sometimes we can try to help somebody and we can actually hurt them. I've seen people that were in need and people gave them money and they go and fall off the wagon and go get drugs or alcohol or whatever. So we need to be uh, discerning and we need to be wise, but we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So anyway, as I was thinking about this example, I thought, you know, it would be really cool if I went up and gave someone that $100 bill and uh, demonstrating that God gives us everything and then kind of walk away and then say, oh, but here's the 10 too. Because what I found is that God not only gives us the $100 bill, but he also provides what we return to him when our heart is right. Now, here's the really cool part about that. So I got this demonstration in my mind, and I was thinking about how I was going to do this. This was like on a Tuesday. I think I finalized it on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday morning. And nobody, nobody knew anything about this demonstration. It was between me and the Lord. I didn't tell anybody about it. And as I was thinking and, and praying and considering, okay, who am I going to give this $100 to, this $110 to? A person came to mind. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it to them. And uh, so I gave the money. And after the service, they came up to me and they said, uh, I want to return your, your $110 back to you. I said, no, that's not for me. It's for you. I want you to keep it. And they're like, no, no, I, I, I can't. And I said, no, I want you to keep it. And the lady that I gave the money to, I would, I don't know this for a fact. I mean, I couldn't know this, but I would bet that she gives more than 95% of most Christians. She gives of her time. She gives of her talent. She's faithful in tithing. She is faithful. When you go into the restroom and there are paper towels in there, it's because Barbara puts those out every week. And she organizes the kitchen. She comes up here and she gives everything that she can selflessly and I said I want you to have this I want you to just take it and do something nice for yourself that's not the end of the story the service was over and uh, you know I'm kind of walking back and forth and and she she's sitting there and she says Pastor Mark I need to tell you something and I said okay and she, and she told me that uh, she had recently she was kind of in a tight spot we, we all are in those tight spots sometimes and she went to check her her bank balance and this particular day uh, she, she only had eighty dollars in there and as she was looking at that the Lord said I want you to write a check this was Sunday morning he said I want you to write a check for fifty dollars and put it in the box she had no idea what was coming but you know what? Here's, here's the key thing. She heard the Holy Spirit speaking to her. She stepped out in faith because she's like, wow, God, that, that's only going to leave me $30 till my next paycheck. But here's the key. She obeyed. Having no idea that 
a little bit later, she was, she was giving 50 and she was going to get 110. Now, if my math is correct, she gave the 50. She got 110. She, she'll tithe on 110. That's 11 bucks. And she gets an extra $49 back that she hadn't planned on. Listen, let me be clear. This is not about the money. <laughs> it's about the heart. It's about our willingness to step out in faith when we know the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And He will pour out. He, he, he not only gives us the $100, He not only gives us everything that we need, but He provides everything that we're re to return to Him. And He's looking for people that will be obedient, that will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and will then do what the Holy Spirit asks us to do. And He promises to bless I think this is such a fantastic example because what she told me on Sunday morning, she said, I, I want to tell you I want to tell you this because it, it's right in line with what you were just talking about this morning. Do you see how God wants to bless you? He wants your cup running over, pressed down, shaken together. Please hear me, this is not about money. It's about our heart. What is your heart toward God? Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.